Rick Dayton Show on the air. This is KDKA, and we're going right to the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline to maximize our time with Jorgen Pedersen, the CEO of RE Squared Robotics. They're one of the rock stars down on Robotics Row. There's so much stuff going on in Pittsburgh that's right under our noses, and you may not even realize that it's there. Jorgen, it's good to have you back on KDKA. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on the show. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. And it sounds like 2021, you have a lot to be thankful for. Give us sort of a thumbnail sketch of what has happened with your robotics company as far as growth, as far as uh, employees, as far as contracts and things like that during 2021. Yeah, a lot's going on. Um, You know, the company's doubled our staff in in the last two years. Um, you know, the year's not over yet, but uh, we're, we've grown approximately 50% this year. Um, we are shipping product into the field to uh, make the world a better place. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, our mission remains the same. We're, we're about making the world a safer place uh, through robotics. And uh, we had incredible impact in that department. Uh, this year, and uh, I think we're going to see even greater impact next year. So when you're talking robotics, are you talking about automation for the manufacturing process? Are you talking about underwater exploration arms off a submarine? Are you talking about, you know, something that that might sweep the floor and and you can do it all by yourself? Are you talking about autonomous cars? Give us an idea about the the area of specialty, the space that you're in. Yeah, so we are developing what we call intelligent mobile manipulation systems. Now that's a mouthful, right? And, and the reason we're doing, we're creating these are to improve worker productivity and worker safety. And, and what I mean by intelligent mobile manipulation system is picture robotic arms on things that move through the world so that we can interact and perform tasks. And those things could be wheeled platforms, it could be leg platforms, uh, platforms, tracks. It could be a JLG lift equipment. It could be robots that swim underwater. Um, and then by infusing intelligence into these mobile robotic arms, now you're putting the brawn uh, and or danger on the robot and leveraging people's domain expertise to oversee operations uh, and handle uh, you know any air conditions that come up. And so we are not in the factory floor. These systems are outside of the factory floor. We are um, on construction sites. We are uh, out in an airport hangar. We are in the operating room. Uh, We are underwater. Um, So we are outside of the factory floor, not doing what most people think is, you know, robots traditionally doing. We're We're going where humans go to help do what humans do, help humans be more effective, and to help keep humans safe um, while they're performing their, their work. Talk to us about then the interface and the role, obviously, that the people play in terms of controlling, overseeing, et cetera, that automation, that mobile manipulation, if you will. Yeah, so we're, we're not creating fully autonomous systems. We are not providing systems that are just purely teleoperated although we can, we're, we're, we're doing something in between, which what I, what I call supervised autonomy. That's where the human's still in the loop. You're still leveraging the domain expertise, their intelligence, their ability to reason, and all of uh, you know, their, their history at solving problems 
But now what you're doing is you just, they're not, they're no longer directly controlling the robots. They're no longer doing that fatiguing or dangerous job directly. They're there just to bring their um, expertise to bear. And now what allows you to happen is you could have one worker that's overseeing a fleet of robots and you're amplifying that person's expertise across multiple uh, systems. And this is really important because I think one, one thing people don't realize right now is there's a major skilled labor shortage that's permeating the globe. And what we're doing is a, a bringing a solution that allows us to address that acute problem while keeping people safe. You and I first met, I believe it was at Hazelwood Green, I think was the first time that we met. And it was talking about uh, some of the different ways that robotics was being incorporated into what was an old steel facility and some of the spinoffs involving Carnegie Mellon University. And talk to us about sort of the role that CMU played as far as the, the genesis of RE Squared Robotics as well. Yeah, so Carnegie Mellon, uh, that was my, that's my alma mater. I, I, I was trained in robotics there. Uh, I was one of the, uh, I think I was the first uh, Masters of Robotics students out of Carnegie Mellon uh, several years back in 1998. And we, uh, I, I started my career at the National Robotics Engineering Center in Lawrenceville, and right in Robotics Row. Mm-hmm. And uh, RE Squared incubated in that building. And we uh, were really an extension of the university in those early years. So they, they did, you know, have a, a strong influence on the way that we approached the world from robotics. And it's probably the same way that Pittsburgh in general, you know, approaches robotics. Um, it's about applied real world robotics. That's what, you know, kind of sets this city apart um, from other places is we're really pushing, you know, moving the needle doing things that haven't been done before, but doing it in an applied and practical way. Jorgen Pedersen joining us, the CEO of RE Squared Robotics based in Lawrenceville. Is is that the only reason why the company has stayed here in Pittsburgh? I mean, because that's where you were trained, that's where you sort of got your start, or are there other strategic reasons why this is the right place? There is no better place to work on robotics than Pittsburgh. I, we are really fortunate to be headquartered here, to have uh, you know, been founded and, and to have grown here. We are part of a vibrant robotics community. It's called the Pittsburgh Robotics Network. It is incredibly strong. 20 years ago, there was only a handful of us, right? But today, there's over 100 robotics organizations. Um, and although Pittsburgh has traditionally been very humble about uh, its position in robotics, you know, I, I think the time has come that we really kind of put that on a shelf and recognize that Pittsburgh is the robotics capital of the world. If you look at the markets that we serve, the talent that we produce, the organizations that are uh, set up that have are in ta- that originated in town uh, or have recently set up shop in town, major corporations are flocking to the city because of that recognition of us being that robotics capital. And the, the impact that we're having on the world can no longer be overlooked. Um, and I think it's a combination of work ethic, kindness, um, and being one of the most livable cities that's allowing this 
to happen. There's something about this town that I haven't seen. And I've traveled a lot. I've been to a lot of cities. And I haven't seen the level of collaboration. The robotics companies all, you know, that are part of the, you know, the PRN that are in robotics world, we help each other. We collaborate. And that's, that it speaks to the DNA of, of this city. We have so much more to talk about, including a couple of big um, contracts that have been won by your company. We want to talk about the U.S. Navy. We want to talk about the Air Force and some of those projects and where they're going. And we will do that right after we check on traffic. Visiting with Jorgen Pedersen, the CEO of RE Squared Robotics based in Lawrenceville.